catching up. Are both of you recording? I can hook you up. Oh, really? He's like marketing at TBS, right? True. We ready to go? Cool. Okay. I'm going to start monologuing. <clears throat> yeah, I put my I put my headphone up to it while you boys were talking. It'll be fine. Um In 1988, John McClane, New York City cop, had the most intense night of his life when a group of terrorists terrorized his wife's company Christmas party, attempting to steal millions of dollars from the vault. McClane single-handedly stops the terrorists and saves the day. In 1990, John McClane, a Los Angeles cop, had the most intense night of his life again. This time, a group of terrorists were terrorizing an airport where his wife was going to land. Yada, yada, yada. There were elevators and snowmobiles. He saves the day again. It's very much a rehash of the original, but with a new director who couldn't make it quite as exciting. So here we are in 1995, and John McClane is back, and so is John McTiernan. What doesn't come back is the... what doesn't come back in the threequel is the basic plot of the first two films. This one gives McLean a whole city to roam around in and a friend to solve riddles with. It's as fun as the first one and cuts out all the subplots that weigh the second one down. Simon says to keep listening because we're talking about Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, shoot. Um, I'll go first. And then you'll know what to say after I say my thing. Okay, cool. I'm Chad Oliver, and who do I think I am? Hillary Clinton? This 1995 film mentioned both of the 2016 presidential candidates. It also mentions Gary Johnson by name. It's bizarre. And and Stein, yeah.
Yeah. Nope. Which again for the audience, what is what is Shickles? That's right. Yes. Um, well, for me, I recently saw Tomb Raider, and it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was the okayest movie of the year, is what I've been saying. It's just, like, it's nothing, like, offensively wrong with it, but there's nothing, like, that stands out as, like, it's great. It's just, it's fine. It's, like, there's the action you'd expect and the type of character arc you'd expect, and it's pretty by the book, but it's uh, it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. <laughs> the movie I talked about two weeks ago, Death Wish, did the exact same thing. The last second of the movie was in the trailer. Um, it's the Amazing Spider-Man 2 has the last second in the trailer with uh, Spider-Man fighting Rhino. And then the most hilarious the most hilarious thing about it is we'll never see the sequel because they were just... The whole movie was set up for Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. And just like in general Go ahead, Cody. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And just in general, like, playing the game, um, Lara Croft feels more like a human character who's going through things than just, like, a cardboard cutout of, like, an action lady that she feels like in the movie. Um, so, like, the game in a lot of ways feels more cinematic in its narrative than the movie does. Uh, which is bizarre. Like the the plot of the movie fits a game in a way that like the plot of the game could have made a good movie, but instead just made an okay movie. Um, so yeah, that's fine. Mark, what'd you see? What's that? No, 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 no. You, it comes through the mail. You sign up and they send you DVDs through the mail. What's the internet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know.
Can we guess? Um, 2015. Well, what came out in 2014? Hmm. I'm guessing it's all just porn. Porn is coming in through the DVDs. No. Okay. The Monuments Men was the most rented. <laughs> I guess... Yeah, it. This this makes this makes a lot of sense because yeah, it's the demographic that still has the DVD uh, mail in and not just the this instant streaming that would be watching these dad movies. <laughs> you know, dad's got a dad's got a crush on Wonder Woman. You know. It's the people that are watching Monuments Men, but yeah. Yeah. Did did you ever watch that D David Blaine documentary where he goes and does like magic tricks for tribal people? <laughs> it's go watch it. It's fascinating. <laughs> That'd be more fun. Gross. I haven't seen Love, Simon. Oh, I'm planning on it this week. Well, Captain America Civil War is like a major blockbuster movie where the main character is gay. So I'm 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 team Cap and Bucky. They're in love with each other, obviously. Little lines little little lines like uh I, as soon as I saw Bucky I was suddenly I was a sixteen year old kid again in Brooklyn. Like they're in love with each other. It's canon. 
This is the only one I'm like very on board for. That's cool. <laughs> right. No, I I hate those takes, like those articles from straight people that are like, do gay people really need Love, Simon? And it's like, shut up. Like, that's not for you to decide. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I want to see Iron Giant shoot lasers out of his chest. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They're so good in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yes. Sure. Well, in this podcast, we're looking for like the best movie of our lifetime, right? Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is the original Die Hard, which doesn't fall into my lifetime. Um, 1988, just, just outside. Um, E.T., right? <laughs> um but yeah i love die hard i love the series it's like got it's got more bad movies and it's uh canon than good ones but i still say it's the best action series of all time um <laughs> um but i do find i think die hard with a vengeance is easily the best in the series aside from the first one um, the first one was like breaking new ground and then this one was sort of expanding on it and just having, like I said in the monologue, a lot of fun, possibly more fun, um, than the first one wanted to have. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love villains like, uh, Simon, uh, is it not love Simon, um, but different Simon. Well, spoilers, spoilers, wait for the midpoint. Right. He he's I think so Hans Gruber from the first Die Hard has talked a lot about like being like the best villain, one of the best villains of all times. I think Simon Gruber is a better villain. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. 
Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Um, no, no one in my family watched it. It was uh, about... Uh, it was in high school for sure that I just like right when the Netflix streaming started, Die Hard was on Netflix streaming and I watched the first one. The, the whole first trilogy was on streaming. So I watched all three in a row on my phone uh, just like one week, like one after the next. The way it was intended to be seen was on, on cell phone. Um, <laughs> he said, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, you can watch the second one on phone, but one and three. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> right, inside. Right, that's the rule. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd like that. Just like everyone gets a free movie on their phones, intended to be watched on phone. What was that FaceTime horror movie, Unfriended? I bet watching... No. Should I watch it on my laptop, for real? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard what happens in the last second, which I it annoys me, but <laughs> Yeah. Mhm. It does. No, I love the series. Every entry except for the last one, The Ghost Dimension is is really good. It's don't don't even watch it. Don't like soil the franchise with it. I haven't heard anything about this. I got to watch the first one now. Okay. You know what else is coming out in the future is uh, Die Hard Year One, the uh, prequel sequel to Die Hard Five. Um, you know what else is a Die Hard movie? <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Live free or die hard. Mm-hmm. 
they're all bad names. Even the first one is a bad name. <laughs> right. It it feels like the original trilogy is Die Hard, Die Harder, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, it came out as Die Harder. They later rebranded it as Die Hard Two. <laughs> They're both really bad. They're bad. Re- really bad. Um, Live Free or Die Hard. God, these names. Uh, and A Good Day to Die Hard feel. They're they're like a completely different like thread of of uh action like it's just completely a different kind of movie closer to like fast and furious what those movies became later mm-hmm. right trapped in a skyscraper trapped in an airport right mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. And if I remember right, Live Free or Die Hard, um it has has the same like uh timeline, like it's all one day. Um but it, it again like Die Hard with a Vengeance is more like open world. He's got the whole city to deal with. Um and oddly enough, that's the only entry in the series that's rated PG-13. Yeah, and the one F word they get, mm-hmm, it's the one F word he gets. And it's like the best use of it in the entire series. I love that one. Because <laughs> it's just like him doing the most John McClane shit, and he just he says his line, and then he does it. It's great. And then Die Hard 5 is like basically a James Bond movie that's like really international and doesn't like, doesn't like, it's, it's so not a Die Hard movie. It's like annoying. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, seems like a nice day. It's so abrupt. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Getting fatigue, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um he just in the first Die Hard he makes reference to like uh he never really listens to his captain when he's talking to the terrorists. Uh one of the terrorists says something like um uh, you're a policeman. You're not allowed to hurt me if you're a policeman or something like that. And he says, like, yeah, that's what my captain keeps telling me. Um, so I think he just like is always a cop that doesn't play by the rules. And uh, and it just caught up to him. And now he's an alcoholic, too, which is like hinted at in the next scene where he has a hangover in the back of the truck. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And that's something that, like, the first Die Hard did really well. Like, he was bare feet the whole time, and that was, like, an obstacle. This Die Hard was, like, he's hungover, and that's an obstacle that turns into, like, you know, saves the day toward the end. We'll get to that. The fifth Die Hard, he, like, tries to have this running joke where he's, like, he's in Russia, and he keeps, like, saying, like, I'm supposed to be on vacation. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't work at all. It's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that uh that reporter right. Oh, she's like and she's just like a damsel in distress. And then like in the f- in the fifth movie uh, McLean's son Jack McLean gets to be like a CIA spy <laughs> and like he... <laughs> yeah and like I don't know if it's like part of this like series being so like hyper masculine but like in this movie, there are, like, several women, like, at the police department, and, like, they're just constantly being shushed and, like, shut up. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, it, when they get the call from Simon, like, she's like, uh, I think you need to take this. And he says, ah, shut up. And then she's like, sir, I think you really need to take this. And then he's like, oh, okay. So it's... hmm Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's never like the focus of the movie is it's it but that's also kind of the problem is they're all just like side characters who are rolling their eyes at the men and yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two, two, mo- two of my movies in a row have featured the N word pretty strongly. And I promise that's not like a trend that says anything about me. They're just good movies. Yes, they do.
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, was that more of like a thing in the Bush era, the where that kind of got started? Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Which like it makes sense if he says like I will blow up another bomb if you don't listen to what I say, but it still, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what they do. Yeah. 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 Now, if you say the mess that happened at the World Trade Center, it connotates other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but they're also just like the most basic like straight out of the fresh prince of bel-air theme song uh gang (laughs) yeah in the neighborhood well to be fair bruce willis was starting trouble in the neighborhood not (laughs) okay there we go Yeah, yeah yeah love simon Yep. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> well, they made a joke on Jesus in the movie. Yeah, it's like a really tense scene where uh Bruce or uh John McClane keeps calling him Jesus and he's like, "Why do you keep calling me Jesus?" and he's Right. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. And Zeus is um I know we're supposed to like John McClane and everything and I do, but Zeus is my favorite character in the Die Hard series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Well, mm-hmm. well, it's funny that every single Die Hard movie, including the first one, was originally not a Die Hard movie. Like the first Die Hard was originally supposed to be a sequel to Commando, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie of the eighties, and then like it became its own thing. Um, it's based on a novel, and then the sequel was supposed. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, and then Die Hard Two was a just a I think it was just a script that like was not related to Die Hard, but then they bought the script and yeah, let's just make it a Die Hard movie. Let's repurpose the script to be a Die Hard movie, and then this one too is uh, another one. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Right. Which like good call because this one like stands out as like it's a great sequel and it's like doing other things. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, man. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like McLean was not the only one to piss off the uh Gruber family specifically. <laughs> um mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay, keep Keep recording. I I need to charge my phone. It's about to die. Sorry. The. Yeah, keep recording just so I don't have to cut it up. But. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So part of uh, part of this game that they have to do, that like their first step is uh, they have to read the train in under a certain amount of time. Um, so they do some intense driving through New York. They like drive to Central Park. They like to pull up from New York, and they do a bunch of shit where they're just like cutting through the city. Yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, it's really smart. That's. That's funny because I do that, but I only did it like as a reaction to having seen this movie. Like I just think about it every time I'm behind like an ambulance now. Yeah, but and illegal. (laughs) 
about that like action set piece just the whole scene leading up to it is like really thrilling and exciting and then just like the payoff being this like subway car ripping through like a subway station like it's just really well done and like it's this like practical set that like i don't know it just plays really well to me mm-hmm Right. Yeah. Yeah, so this starts out like John just sort of like through his thinking he of like Simon's game, like there's no way they could have made it to like that phone in time to stop the bomb from going up in the subway. He wanted it to go off for like a reason. And that reason is they could disguise as this construction crew to like break into the uh, Federal Reserve. Um, and yeah, yeah. 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 So you pour three gallons into the three gallon jug. You know you have three gallons. You pour those three gallons into the five-gallon jug, right? Then you fill the three-gallon jug up again with three more gallons. No, hold on. (laughs) Um, No. There's a a way to do it. I worked it out in my head, and I, like, figured it out just before they did in the movie. But it's it's hard to do. (laughs) 
Yeah. I. I'll I'll write it out once we're off air, and I'll try to like post it or something if I can figure it out. But yeah, we can tweet it. But yeah, I kind of feel like just from a plot standpoint, I kind of feel like that bomb just wasn't going to go off anyways. Like it was going to accept whatever water they put on the thing. Cause like at the end of the day, Simon's not after like blowing up another bomb. He's after the, um, the reserve money, the gold. So I feel like all he's doing here is just distracting them from like what he's actually trying to do. Really interesting. Yeah, and the right. Yeah, and they were freaked out by it. They didn't want to be in the same car with it. Like, hmm. Right. No. Yeah, it's Harrison. Yes, it is. Because the name of the fucking school is William Henry. Yeah. It's Harrison. It is Harrison. Oh. Okay. It's not Cleveland, though. Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson's nephew go to the school, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of a coincidence, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the kids, the kids are rescued at the school. I don't know. There's some business there. There's a guy trying to defuse the bomb, yeah. and the kids are rescued. Mm-hmm. Right. Which. Right. Because it was just. This whole scene is so tense like the officers trying to like get all the kids out of the building at the last second then they find out there's more 
the diffuser stays behind to try to defuse the bomb because he knows there's like three kids left in the school. It's so tense, and then it's just like nothing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the news reporter coming back in Die Hard 2 is easily the worst plot of any any movie ever. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was fucking with you. Zeus frees John. He picks the lock on his handcuffs. He's the hero of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he... No, he uses the... He uses the explosion to save Zeus. So Zeus saves John, and then John like gets some of the liquid to... Because uh, the way the bombs work, you need to combine the liquids, and then there's an explosion. And so he makes a small, using the liquids from the bomb, he makes a small explosion to blow up Zeus's handcuffs, and it looks like it really hurts. <laughs> and then uh, they both run away free, jump off the boat, and there's this huge explosion, and it's just wonderful and very diehard. Reminiscent of like him jumping off the skyscraper with an explosion behind him. He's jumping off the boat with an explosion behind him. Yeah, it's 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 called north of the north of the border. Um, it's like the motel they were staying at, uh, so that they could get away. Um, yeah, it's the luckiest break in film history. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then the wire like falls on the helicopter and it crashes. And what does he say when he shoots the electric wire, Cody? What does he say? No, well, no. No, he says he says fucker. He says fucker. Cody, he says fucker. <laughs> 
No, Cody, you need to say it for real. You're going to mess up the podcast. We're doing a fucking podcast. You need to say fuck. You need to say fuck on the podcast. Cody? Mark, uh, you're fucking up this podcast. No, Cody, that was it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> References. <laughs> Yeah, Die Hard movies end, and then there's, like, this note of, like, yeah, he's going to, like, try to, like, reconnect with his wife. He's going to try to, like, live a better life, and you just get, like, a, a second of it, and then it, the credits roll over it. Right, because I feel like modern movies would show us all of that stuff and show him. Mm-hmm. And Die Hard 4 starts, and he's still not with his wife. Yeah, Bonnie Bedelia's only in the first two movies. She's supposed to be in Die Hard Year One. I think the prequel element of Die Hard Year One is going to be, like, how they met a lot of it. And then, like, the sequel part of it will be, like, them reconnecting. Maybe. I think I've, I've heard rumors that Bonnie Bedelia might be back. And I know that it's about a young John McClane. So I think that that'll be like the B plot is like their romance through the ages. Yeah. I don't know if I like it, but it's something. It's also going to be, I think the first diehard movie that was written to be a diehard movie. Okay. So it wasn't used as like official evidence in the alternate ending, but like John McClane used it to hunt him down himself. Okay, well, I'm glad they went with the ending they went with because this sounds bad. I do. Did you know that it has a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes? 
That's interesting. Is it like critic and audiences both don't like it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the ending it's it's weird. It feels like it they could have gone through like another draft to make it tighter or something. I don't know, but but uh, the whole movie is just such a blast. Like I it does surprise me that it's like 50% of people gave it a rotten score. That seems wrong to me. Right, here's the thing. Rotten tomatoes is not the end all be all. Yeah, it's weird. Um, No. 52% people like it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, between the three of us, like, it's a really small sample size, but I'd give it a positive rating. Would you give it a fresh rating, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's Die Hard. It's a Die Hard movie with a vengeance in the plot of the movie. There is a vengeance to be had. Well, there is that, but there is this one beat in the movie where... Um, it's McLean and Simon. Simon has McLean like at gunpoint, and then McLean says like, "Yeah, you, you know, your brother was an asshole." And then Simon like he like laughs it off and says like, "Yeah, he he was an asshole," but like he's playing it. Jamie Irons is playing it as if like he's actually like hurt by this. Like he's just like, "How dare you say that to me?" It's like a really interesting choice because like yeah, I agree that his character is using his brother's murder as like a means to like rob the Federal Reserve. But at the same time, like, he was his brother, and, like, there is something there. And, like, he does hate McLean for, like, throwing him off a building. No. <laughs> you seriously couldn't hear that? Fuck. Fuck. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Well, I was just saying how um, 
like even though Gruber um he uses his brother's murder as like a way to like rob the Federal Reserve. There is that moment when like Gruber has McLean at gunpoint and like McLean says, Your brother was an asshole and then uh he like he re- agrees that like yeah, he was an asshole, but like the way Irons is playing that moment is like that he's actually like hurt and offended and that he does like actually hate McLean for killing his brother. I guess it's like a complicated performance in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, f- for him to, like, want a person, it, it there was a, definitely a vengeance was a part of his plan. Like, he, sure, he was after the money, but he really enjoyed watching McLean have to go into the middle of Harlem with that sign and suffer the consequences, you know? Sassy cop. That's a good name. Um, and Mark, uh, live free or die hard does take place in Washington D.C. And I think that's where the name comes from. It's just like because it's like an American name. Well, sure. Not really. As a high school boy. Yeah. 16, 17 years old. Yeah, this was probably the th- third or fourth time I've watched this entry to the Die Hard series. And yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it gets better every time I watch it. I think I like the dynamics between Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis more and more each time I watch it. Um, they like talk about race throughout the whole movie like not in a really great or edifying way but like McLean is this character who's like this rugged New York cop who just does not care and he just wants to like save the day and so like it's it's played off well it's yeah it may have there may be some issues but it's it's not like it, it's issues that are like within the character of McLean that I think the movie is kind of addressing um and yeah I think it's it's a it's a good movie it's a fun time I like uh Simon Gruber a lot. Um, but yeah, and yeah, and Zeus is my favorite character of the Die Hard series. Right, yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. Um, like you said, it is very fun. It, it, it's a very easily digestible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that I could pretty much love rewatching a lot. I, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just fun. The, the dynamic between the two, like you said, is very good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the action is so great. I mean, 
And it snaps one dude on the boat in half, one of the terrorists. It just... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He basically Captain America Winter Soldiers, the terrorists that are on the uh, elevator with him, but in like a very John McClane way where they're all murdered by the end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of people tend to hate codas for movies where, like, it has been taking place in one setting and then it ends, and then the last ten minutes actually ends somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, people like criticize that a lot. Whenever it shows up in a movie, it isn't the fact that it's like a different location. It's just that the current color scheme is just not aligned as it needs to be on the screen. It, it tends to kind of like yeah, it it plays like an epilogue. Yeah, it's weird. He also calls his wife at the end of the boat explosion. He just like leaves her hanging on the phone to go to Canada. Zeus. Mm -hmm. And then Samuel L. Jackson is inexplicably at the uh, North of the Border Motel uh, for... No reason. He should not be there. I guess so. But he's just a civilian. Like, he's nobody. <laughs> yeah, so I picked Die Hard with a Vengeance before I saw Before Sunrise. Um, and... Well, yeah. Well, I'm pretty uh, open on the podcast about how much I love Before Sunrise. Um, it's like a, it's a masterpiece, and it's better than Die Hard with a Vengeance. I'm voting Before Sunrise. Masterpiece is a strong word. Um, it's a strong and accurate word. Yes. Um, I am not as warm on Before Sunrise as you guys. Um, and I don't get it. Because you're like a sappy romance boy. You love sappy romance. Yeah, but I, I just like it. I don't, I, I'm never going to feel the urge to revisit that movie. And it like faded and flipped pretty fast. Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, probably 
as a movie that I don't like it. I could see myself revisiting that one just because it's easier. Mm-hmm. You know, man, Cody, you're really, you're, Cody, you're, Cody, you're really, you're really making me feel like a big loser. Like, not only are you voting against my movie, but you're like talking down the movie that you're. (laughs) voting for i also got zero votes on my own movie which doesn't feel great i'm the loser of the podcast i'm the only one that hasn't won a year it's very good it might win <laughs> uh, you can find me on social media at chad a oliver uh, you can find me on letterbox there too um i'm writing some blogs on um low dash fi popculture.tumblr.com um hopefully i'm caught up on my avengers blogs by the time this episode comes out it would be really nice. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Cody Lunford underscore on Twitter and just search my name on Letterboxd. I'm going to go pro in a little bit. It's, it's fucking But if you only are allowed to follow one Twitter account or allowed to join one Facebook thing per day, don't follow us. <laughs> go follow at But, but it, um, where the most fun happens is the best pictures Facebook group, um, where we discuss we discuss uh, new releases every week when they come out. We also do threads related to the movies we talk about. It's a grand old time, um, and when we get to a certain amount of um, members within that group, we're going to let somebody um, pick a movie for us to watch. Um, maybe that's through this. Maybe it's through another service we haven't quite figured out yet. But um, it should be noted that Twitter doesn't have the absurd rules that Cody laid out for you. And you can follow all three of us and the show uh, if you want to. Right, but, but, but if you have to choose, follow But, like, you don't have to and you can follow us all.
Yeah. Yeah. At Coffee Dad, that's a good account. They they tweet about coffee like once every three months. Yeah. Also, Donald Trump over both of us. It's because I'm good at Twitter. It, I just, well, no, it was for, for, for like over a year, I was asking if different things were Brexit and that's very funny. It's still funny. Is this Brexit? Something else would be topical. And I'd ask if that was Brexit because <laughs> I don't know what Brexit is still. No one's explained it to me. Well, that's a cute bear. So if that cute bear is against Brexit, so am I. But but first, is Harambe Brexit? I don't know. Is is he Brexit? Was he Brexit? Was Harambe a boy? Because he keeps saying best sunrise over and over again. <laughs> Three pod or two podcasts in a row, he said best sunrise. And then I made the very good Lion King has the best sunrise joke, and I'm making it for the third podcast in a row. Um, uh, yippee ki yay, motherfuckers. It's Die Hard with a Vengeance. Hey, Cody. No, it's not. No, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked it up. Hey. Hey. Yippee yeah, motherfuckers. It's before sunrise. Hey, Cody. Cody. What's the best movie of 1995? Good, good up. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Scottish. I think they talk about haggis in the movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it since like the year 2000. (laughs) 
That's that's a bad joke, but sure, sure. No, haggis is sheep intestines that are prepared in a certain way in Scotland. I've had it. It's nothing to write home about. <laughs> Crackle still cracking? <laughs> They're still doing their thing? <laughs> that's that's probably true for every single person in America. My mom has Braveheart for sure. I don't know if my dad does or not, but he doesn't really like movies. <laughs> it was a simpler time cody it was when people believed the academy when they told them what the best movie was and they were just like, i guess we got to get this movie forrest gump braveheart the next one i don't know his name yeah uh watch braveheart and be ready for the next episode uh you can take our podcast but you can never take you can take our lives, but you can never take our podcast. <laughs> we'll save that for the real one. <laughs>